This is Marathon Training Academy, episode 376. Thanks to the Richmond Marathon in Richmond, Virginia for sponsoring this episode. It takes place November 12th, 2022. It'll be the 45th year that they've put on this event, so it's a great year to jump in. Check them out at richmondmarathon.org. That's richmondmarathon.org. This podcast is brought to you by MetPro. Speak with a metabolic expert to review your current habits, discuss your lifestyle needs, and receive actionable steps towards achieving your goals, whether it's to lose weight or change your body composition. Go to metpro.co forward slash MTA to get $500 off their concierge coaching. That's metpro.co forward slash MTA. And thanks to Organifi for sponsoring the podcast. They are makers of Organifi Gold Chocolate, a superfood hot chocolate that contains only one gram of sugar, plus powerful superfoods and mushrooms to help you relax and curb those nighttime cravings. You can get 20% off when you go to Organifi.com forward slash MTA. That's Organifi.com forward slash MTA. Hello and welcome to the MTA Podcast, where it's all about empowering you to run a marathon and change your life. In this episode, Coach Angie shares tips on how to deal with a running injury and set yourself up for success during the recovery process. And just a heads up, as an Academy member, you get access to our complete course on injury prevention and more inside the Academy. Find out how to join when you visit MarathonTrainingAcademy.com. Well, over the weekend... I saw that Camille Heron, who we've had on the podcast uh, way back in the day, she's an ultra runner from the U.S. here, and she broke the 100-mile world record at the age of 40. She broke the tape at the Jackpot Ultras in a time of 12 hours, 41 minutes, and 11 seconds, which beat her previous record. Can you imagine that? 12 hours, 41 minutes? No. I can't imagine running 100 miles at all. It would take me like 12 days to do 100 miles. (laughs) Well, we're probably feeling a little bit less um, energetic than normal because we're both coming off a week-long cold, and things like that always seem way more intense when you're not feeling well. Yeah, I had this cold that just would not quit. Finally, it started to break yesterday, and it coincided with such a beautiful day. It was finally warm, like in the 50s. The sun was shining, no wind, so I got out on the trail, went eight miles. The trail was so muddy, but I am so looking forward to spring. It needs to get here quick. (laughs) So before we jump into talking about injury, we'd like to give some shout outs to folks in the community. What is going on out there? This note comes from Isa. She says, I started running during the pandemic. I never thought I'd be able to do it, but I dared myself to join the first 100 mile challenge and I surprised myself. Fast forward to now and I just recently finished my first half, the San Francisco Half Marathon. I'm also signed up for my first full marathon this summer. If you're a beginner like me, just be consistent with your training. And like they say, running is like romance. You have to keep the passion alive. I'm always so grateful to this group. You're the reason why I started running. Wow, that is really cool. That is what we love to hear. We host these virtual races that it's really neat to see people who have uh, run their first half marathon or marathon because of seeing our virtual race and getting the motivation to start thinking about long distance running. So thank you, Isa, for that nice email. 
And we want to say congrats to Academy member Andrew from Australia. He became an ultra marathoner. He did a 50K, but actually did a Spartan 50K. Those Spartan races can be brutal. So congrats, Andrew, on uh, toughing that out. That's right. Huge props to him. And it was good to hear that he is recovering well. And he signed up for another 50K. (laughs) This one, not a Spartan, though. And this comes from Anne. She says, I wanted to share that I am proud to call myself a marathoner as I completed the Mesa Marathon in Arizona. I am thrilled with my chip time of around 5.15 because my goal was to finish strong, and I did. I surprised myself by being able to pick up my pace during the last mile. Today I'm sore but not injured, and I woke up with a new sense of satisfaction and pride. My fascination with marathons started over 15 years ago when I was working as a hairstylist. I had clients who ran marathons and I was instantly intrigued. They seemed perfectly normal, but underneath had this superpower. At the time, I was very overweight, depressed, and drinking a lot, but a seed was planted. Fast forward and I have been alcohol-free for seven years and picked up consistent running along the way. Many thanks to the MTA podcast for creating a great community and place to tell the stories of others who have run marathons and changed their lives. Also, thanks to Angie and Trevor for creating the effective training plans. I used one for this race. My favorite sign I saw during the marathon said, tough runs don't last, but tough runners do. We can truly do hard things. Love it. That comes from Anne. Congrats on conquering your first marathon there at the Mesa Marathon. Sure, it feels amazing and hope the recovery is going well. Thanks for sharing your story with us. All right, well, you may remember in our last episode, we started talking about injury. Today, we're going to continue more talking about coping with injury and most importantly, setting yourself up for success during the recovery process. Well on my way, well on my way. So in this episode, we want to go deeper into coping with injury, especially mentally and emotionally, and how to set yourself up for success in the recovery process. So if you've been injured, you know that aside from the physical ramifications of the injury, there are a whole host of mental and emotional struggles to deal with as well. So let's talk about some ways to cope if you're currently going through a period of injury. And if you're not currently injured, we are thankful for that, but it might be good information to have so you can encourage a fellow runner who maybe is going through an injury or sometime down the road, it might be something that you face. Number one is don't beat yourself up over it mentally. That's right. Sometimes we can feel that we may deserve to be injured because we weren't listening to our body. We can point back to a time when we pushed ourselves too hard and we think, if only I didn't do that. But of course, things seem so much clearer with the benefit of a future perspective. So if you can point to a moment in time in your training or racing that you regret, realize that hanging on to the regret is not going to move you through the process of recovery any faster. In fact, hanging on to regret may be holding you back. Of course, there are times when we feel that injuries are unfair because we were doing everything quote unquote right. We take rest days, maybe we get massages, we stretch, we strength train, eat a healthy diet, etc. So we may ask ourselves, why is this happening to me? Maybe you know other runners who treat their training a lot more haphazardly and it seems unfair that you're injured and they aren't. And when you're injured, it seems like everyone around you and especially on social media is absolutely crushing it while you're feeling crushed by your injury. When you're injured, it's normal to go through the stages of grief as identified by psychiatrist Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. The five stages of grief are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. 
the five stages of grief are related to running injury really well in the book Rebound, Train Your Mind to Bounce Back Stronger from Sports Injuries. And that book is by Carrie Jackson Sheedle and Cindy Kuzma. We interviewed them back on episode 311. And this is a book that I really recommend to any athlete who is going through injury. They write, quote, allowing yourself to really feel the loss of your goals and your athletic ability is often an essential step in turning the corner toward active recovery. Injury is difficult, but not hopeless. To rebound, you must understand that injury is mental and physical, believe that your mindset affects your recovery, and embrace your power to positively influence your trajectory. Number two, remember that injury does not make you less of a runner and that it is possible to learn from the process. That's right. It's really important to be able to separate our ego from the injury. Just like running isn't the totality of our identity, this injury isn't the totality of your identity either. Of course, none of us wants to be injured and we'd avoid it if we could. But you shouldn't be embarrassed or ashamed of being injured. It may just be part of your journey as a runner. And injury is something that most runners go through, like it or not. We pointed to the statistics on our last episode. It's just that being injured doesn't seem as Instagram-worthy as running a PR. Many runners tend to withdraw from social media during periods of injury, so it may seem like you're the only one. Um, Personally, I really admire when runners document both the highs and lows in their running journey, because it gives a more accurate perspective, and I think it makes them more relatable. As long-distance runners, there is a certain amount of risk that we take on, and the more you challenge and push yourself, the more the risk of injury increases. Of course, on the flip side, not taking risk prevents you from getting anywhere near your capabilities as a runner. One of the compelling things about marathons is that we choose to run marathons not because they're easy, but because they're hard. Why do we do that? I just thought of that. (laughs) (laughs) You've never thought of that before? I think of it like every marathon. Like, why don't I pick a new hobby? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) If you look at professional or elite runners, you'll notice that most of them deal with injuries as well. They're surrounded by the best of the best in terms of coaching, medical support, physical therapy, nutrition, equipment, all the things and injury still happens to them. But I've heard many elites say that their breakthroughs or their world-class performance resulted in dealing with injury and coming back stronger. The book Rebound that I mentioned just a bit ago has a lot of real-life examples of athletes who have dealt with injury and how the process was positive for their career. Like Shalane Flanagan, who had to drop out of entering the Boston Marathon in, in 2017 due to a sacral stress fracture. After her recovery, she came back to win the 2017 New York City Marathon. She said, quote, Sometimes we don't realize the moment when we feel like dreams are taken away, that actually there's some delayed gratification down the road. I think that it was a blessing that I got injured this past winter, and I came here full of energy and motivation and desire to put on the best performance of my life. Another quote from the book that relates to the learning that takes place through the process of injury says, quote, nearly all athletes, especially those who push hard to achieve their full potential, will likely deal with injury. Even if you know injury is an inherent risk, getting hurt can still come as a shock. During your injury process, you'll experience hundreds, if not thousands, of shifts in your emotional state. Some of these emotions can be deep and powerful. You may grieve the loss of your identity. Acknowledging rather than burying your emotions is what enables you to work through them. The injury journey looks different for every athlete depending on both situational and personal factors. 
That's from the book Rebound. It's interesting. It says acknowledging your emotions. You can find online these lists of emotions, and uh, there's quite a few psychologists who have put these together. Just going through the list and finding the emotion that you feel, just that simple act actually helps. It allows your rational brain to sort of take over from the emotional brain because your rational brain is looking at your emotional brain and saying, hey, you are creating feelings of melancholy. Why? And you sort of start asking yourself questions. You know, why do I feel this way? Should I really feel this way? Is it really as bad uh, as I might feel? And in context of injury, like point two, you know, we've been saying injury doesn't make you less of a runner. You can learn from the process. Don't beat yourself up over it. So identify those feelings of hopelessness, powerlessness, distress, melancholy, moodiness, being blue, being upset, being disappointed, dissatisfied, and then just label that emotion, sit with it, but then start to ask yourself questions. Am I really powerless? Am I really hopeless? Is it really as bad as it feels right now? And the answer is usually uh, no, it's not. (laughs) That's a great point. We really do need to give ourselves permission to feel And that's an integral part of being able to work through the emotions, to process them, like you're saying, and to find solutions. The third way to cope better with an injury is to be accepting of change. This kind of ties into permission to feel our emotions. Um, But the more we resist what's happening and we think this should or shouldn't be, the longer it takes us to come to a place of acceptance. When we really think about it, change is one of the few things that is really guaranteed in life. We did talk a bit on the last episode that as runners, we can be great at denial. So moving past denial and accepting the reality of change is the kindest thing we can do for ourselves. In fact, it's the only true path to dealing with the injury and getting back to being healthy. So given the fact that change is the only constant part of life, it's really something to keep in mind when we're going through adversity. Of course, it's easier to accept the things that we deem as positive change, things like getting fitter, setting PRs, running longer distances, getting stronger. But it's also important to realize that unwanted change is also part of being human. We get sick. Sometimes we get injured. We deal with a lack of motivation. Sometimes we don't make the time to run. Our bodies get older. And there's so many other things that can be unwanted change. So it's important to examine your whole career as a runner when accepting the process of change. And by career, we don't mean that you do this for a job. Start to evaluate your running trajectory. There most likely won't be a straight line to achieving your running goals. You may not always be going onward and upward. You may notice more setbacks than victories. It's also normal for running goals to change over time as we respond to the environment, our changing passions, and the changes in our bodies. So realize that there are all kinds of changes that we're going to face in our running lives. Yeah, Angie, that reminds me of just our own running. For example, uh, and and we documented this on the podcast, but you kind of went through a a long slump uh, in your own personal running. You qualified for Boston the first time, I don't know, maybe like back in 2014. And everything was great because, you know, you're getting faster, you're hitting your goals, you're setting PRs. That's what we runners love to do. That's right. But then you went through... Uh, a few years where you just seem to put in the same amount of effort, but we're going backwards, it felt like, in your fitness. Yeah, that's right. I was dealing with a hormonal imbalance and ended up gaining over 40 pounds. And this is during a time where I'm doing everything normally, training for marathons, trying my best to eat healthy. Um, and it just, things were not going my way. I was having a lot of unwanted changes. 
But the good news is that sometimes there's negative changes, but we can also experience positive changes because life is not static. We're always, always changing and, you know, there are always options for growth and positive change. Yeah, that was like 2016 to 2018, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And thankfully, um, through pursuing different avenues, I, I worked with my doctor to be able to get my hormones balanced. And shortly after that, was able to start working with a MetPro coach. And in the beginning, I was very skeptical because I had tried pretty much everything I knew and could think of to get the stubborn weight to go away, and it wasn't working. So I went into it just, you know, kind of like, okay, here goes nothing. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not going to say it was easy, but it definitely worked. It helped get my metabolism back working efficiently and figuring out how to eat to support my weight loss goals while at the same time supporting my marathon training goals. And now you're on your way to running Boston again in April. That's right. And I actually had a call with my Met Pro coach yesterday uh, where we talked about the eating plan I'm on currently and my workouts. And Coach Angela said everything is going great. So very happy with the way things are going in this buildup for Boston. You've probably heard us talk about MetPro. To speak with one of their nutrition coaches, uh, to get a free consultation call, go to metpro.co forward slash MTA, metpro.co forward slash MTA. And thanks to the Richmond Marathon for sponsoring this episode. We always love partnering with marathons and half marathons. The Richmond Marathon takes place in the capital of Virginia on November 12th, 2022. They have a full marathon, half marathon, and 8K. Great course support, beautiful fall scenery. I could testify I was there last year. The course is beautiful. It's, it's got a nice downhill section at the end, so you get to like really bomb down the hill to the finish line. I mean, if you have enough gas in the tank by the time you <laughs> get to the last mile. Well, it's something to say that the marathon's a top 25 Boston qualifier. So obviously, their mostly flat course with a few rolling hills is really great for people who are you know, trying to push for that PR and also for first timers. Yeah, that's right. Check them out at richmondmarathon.org. Price goes up April 1st, so hustle and put it on the calendar. You'll beat the price increase if you register before April 1st, richmondmarathon.org. So just to summarize our discussion about how change is a normal part of life, it kind of reminds me of professional mountain runner Hillary Allen, who we were able to have on episode 357. She says, quote, there's this physical piece of being injured, not being able to push your body. That is one athlete struggle with a lot. It also brings out these emotional pieces we can literally run away from when we're feeling healthy. When we have to slow down, they're more in the forefront and just as important as your physical limitations. Of course, maybe people who are familiar with her story remember that she recovered from a near-death fall in the mountains, and she went through this whole process of the hard work of rehab only to get re-injured 18 months later in a fall that broke her fibula. And she went on to say, quote, of course, I'm angry and disappointed and the transition to recovery is difficult. I know I'll learn something from it. I'm positive of that. It's an opportunity for growth to learn. And that's progress. So if you do get injured, we want you to have the most success that you can have during your recovery, because it's not like you're done with training. You're just shifting to a recovery focus. So Angie's going to talk about what to do when you have an injury. Yeah, if you've been thinking, okay, all these emotional and um, these emotional pieces are good to know, but like, what do I actually do? I'm injured right now. 
you know, hit me with some something actionable. Uh, the first thing is don't push through and ignore the issue. Denial is not going to be helpful. If you think something is wrong, it probably is. And that's why you'll frequently hear me say, listen to your body. Obviously, I've learned this the hard way. I'm not always the best at listening to my body. Uh, my first inclination is to ignore things and push through. But I'm telling you, from firsthand experience, that's not the way to go. The less you run from the reality of being injured, the faster you can get on the road to recovery. Number two, seek help early. Getting a diagnosis early on may save you months of frustration. When you do get a diagnosis, don't make decisions from a place of fear. Really take time to think about the recommendations from your healthcare provider and don't feel pushed into a certain treatment. Don't be afraid of getting a second opinion, especially if the doctor says stop running permanently or if they're recommending surgery as the first line of treatment. Because there are so many unknowns when dealing with injury and the process of recovery, some runners really question what the future holds for them. Here's some great advice from the book Rebound. Quote, this uncertain future can lead to quitting prematurely, continuing half-heartedly, and limiting your potential. All of these may be perfectly valid decisions to make after injury, but you don't want to let fear make that decision for you. So they're saying, don't do anything hasty when you're injured. Don't make long-term decisions about your running or what your future holds for you when you're in that place of discouragement and uncertainty about your injury. Number three, rest is not always the answer. For many injuries, it is important to take a break from running, like in the case of stress fractures or when you need surgery to repair an issue. But for many injuries, taking an extended break can only prolong the problem. In the last episode, we talked about how most of our body tissues only get weaker with prolonged rest. For example, tendinopathies. So with tendon injuries, you want to avoid the pain, rest, weakness cycle. For example, you feel pain, you take a few weeks off, which leads to weakness in the tendon and the surrounding muscles. And that just kind of feeds into the whole injury cycle because tendons need an appropriate amount of loading to function correctly. So a physical therapist can help you determine what's the appropriate amount of loading. Maybe it's only isometric loading at first. So isometric exercise is where you contract a muscle or a group of muscles, but there isn't significant muscle lengthening or movement in the joint. For most injuries, you can train around the injury and still maintain a good level of fitness and strength. That's really why it's vital to be working with a good physical therapist. I think for some people, maybe it's like you really push really hard or you rest. Kind of the all or nothing approach. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you're not saying don't rest and just go out and keep pushing hard. You're saying take it easy, but keep moving. Yes. Yes. I'm saying avoid the all or nothing philosophy. Obviously, rest is is very important. I recommend taking regular rest days. I take a complete rest day once a week and more often if I need it. Um, so rest is so, so important in your training cycle, in your recovery to be a healthy athlete for life. But if you're injured and, you know, sometimes we tend to think, oh, now I can't run. I'm just not going to do anything at all because it's too depressing to think about not being able to run. That's the wrong paradigm to have. Um, you need to be figuring out what you can do instead of focusing on what you can't do. And number four is to look at your daily habits to see if they could be contributing to your injury. Exacerbating factors could be jobs that require a lot of standing, especially if you tend to stand with your knees locked, which is not good for your body. 
extended sitting, or even using poor posture. Couches and chairs with poor support may be harming your potential as a runner as well. It's like every couch and every chair that we own. (laughs) Not every. (laughs) We have this like living room couch that swallows you up when you sit in it. It's It's like like so massive. The most hated piece of furniture in the house for me. (laughs) I don't sit on it. Um, For example, if you have weak core muscles or weak glutes and hips, it can lead to further injury down the kinetic chain. Even your gait can play a role in injury. Small issues can be magnified with the multiple thousands of steps that we take during training. In the last episode, I mentioned the book Anatomy for Runners by Jay DeSherry. He has a whole section on mobility assessments and corrective exercises. And it's really interesting just to think about if your mobility is what it should be, because that could be contributing to your injury in some way. And number five, if you're currently injured, recovery is now your sport. This is one of the greatest takeaways from that book, Rebound, that I keep referencing. Not being able to train at the level that you want to while injured is tough. That's why shifting your framework to focusing on recovery can be so helpful. They say in the book, quote, during the injury and recovery process, you'll encounter many tough moments, but in every challenging set of circumstances, there are ways, even small ones, to regain control and take action. You can work on your mental skills to improve your injury experience. In a recent study of a diverse group of athletes from the U.S., U.K., and Finland, almost three-fourths of those who reported using mental skills after their injury said that doing so helped them recover more quickly. So that's, wow. that's really good news um, because I think sometimes we think I'm injured, I can't run, I'm at a loss. But research is showing that there is so much that you can be doing from a physical standpoint, but also from a mental and emotional standpoint to speed your healing. And if you look at recovery as now being your training, I think that will give you kind of a paradigm flip to um, have hope and have a goal to pursue and, you know, know that going through that recovery can make you stronger. Number six is to put together a rehab team. Now, this should include individuals to give you emotional support, tangible support, motivational support, and of course, informational support. Examples of people on your rehab team could include a sports medicine doctor that works with runners, a physical therapist, a running coach, a massage therapist, a chiropractor, nutritionist, a running group, friends, family, you know, it can encompass all of those, some of those, whatever that works best for you. Make sure that your support team understands your goals and is helping you work to achieve them. Angie, what does your rehab team look like these days? You go to all kinds of people. (laughs) (laughs) When I was dealing at first with the injury, of course, I had a sports medicine doctor that I went to a couple of times. Um, I'm now going to a physical therapist regularly. I have a massage therapist and a chiropractor that I work with. Um, yeah, my Met Pro coach, I would say, is part of the nutrition puzzle that's helping me recover. So there's, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of things that go into it. One more quote from the book Rebound. They go on to say. Adherence to your treatment plan is one of the most significant factors influencing your ability to rebound. Defining new goals for your rehab creates momentum towards recovery. The more specific you are with your goals, the more likely you are to achieve them. Accountability creates commitment and motivation to reach your goals. You'll never recover as quickly as you want to because you didn't want to be injured in the first place, but you do not have to be a passive participant on this injury journey. You can apply all the energy and resources you had been putting into practice and competition toward your recovery and your return to sport. 
And I, I will say, you know, in my own experience, letting my physical therapist know exactly what my running goals are helps them be able to, you know, determine a path forward and goals for me in my therapy. And in fact, it's kind of embarrassing when I go in there. Um, my physical therapist, Joe, often if someone is new in the office or they've got a client in there and like, oh, this is Angie. She runs marathons and 50 <laughs> milers. And he's like always is bragging about me, which is, you know, kind of embarrassing. Um, Why does he do that? I don't know. Maybe he doesn't get many marathoners or ultra marathoners in there. I don't know. But it kind of like reinforces like that is what I want to be doing. That is my goal to be strong and healthy, to be able to continue to pursue those things. Um, So, you know, make sure that you have a good working relationship with those people on your rehab team so they can be helping you to reach your goals. I'd like to take a quick break and thank Organifi Gold for sponsoring this episode. They are makers of Organifi Gold Chocolate, a superfood hot chocolate, healthy enough to drink every day. It has 10 superfoods for rest and relaxation. It's 100% USDA, certified organic. It's low in sugar. Most hot chocolate has like 25 grams of sugar. Organifi Gold has just one gram of sugar, 23 calories, and less than two grams of fat. It has turmeric and ginger to support your immune health. It also has the reishi mushroom, known as the queen of mushrooms, which has been used in China and Japan to support wellness for over 2,000 years. Organifi Gold Chocolate really helps you to support rest, relaxation, recovery, and repair, all in an enjoyable, nutritious beverage. Just go to Organifi, that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, Organifi.com forward slash MTA. You get 20% off. Anything in their store, Organifi.com forward slash MTA. So we know it's never desirable to be injured, and we understand that prolonged injury can be a disheartening process, but we really hope that these two episodes were helpful and encouraging if you're walking through a period of injury. Just know that you can get stronger during this difficult time, and you can develop skills that will make you more resilient going forward. And believe me, once you're on the other side of injury, you'll have a greater appreciation for the gift of running. And just coincidentally, we heard from Megan, who the original question came in from, the one who was dealing with the debilitating posterior tendon injury, and she sent in a nice update I thought I would read because I think it's really encouraging and it kind of reinforces a lot of things that we're saying here. She says, Dear Angie, thank you so much for sharing your hamstring story on the latest MTA episode, especially in an objective way with regrets and all. Also, thank you for the in-depth podcast on running injuries in general. I had no inkling that my email would result in an episode, even though you mentioned you were thinking of this. I'm still processing the episode, but my takeaway is that injury is part of running, but be smart about it. Repetitive motion sports cause injuries just like contact sports cause different kinds of injuries. Heal smart, listen to your body. Also, for my issue, I'm not putting in the effort to address it. I guess that's the denial part of the episode. I also wanted to address my frustration. I didn't mean for my original note to be so down. Like all things with running, I've learned a ton from my running injury, and it has changed my fitness life and beyond in positive ways. It changed my perspective. My 40-year love affair with running has evolved into a new chapter, and I accept that, so don't feel sorry for me. There's so much more out there. Here's some of the things that I've learned. The joy of swimming. After my injury, when I took time off running, I took up swimming. It started one day by not getting out of the pool until I had swum 20 laps. It felt like running a marathon that I didn't train for, but now I can swim two miles. 
She says, the joy of cycling. I've always biked, but not recreationally for long distances. It's liberating, like being a kid again, and you can cover so much ground to explore new towns and villages. Physical strength equals mental strength and confidence. I've doubled, tripled down on strength training. I can deadlift, bench press, squat, and do one single pull-up. I learn something new every time I go to the gym. She says, free running. After a year off, I started running again. I can't run more than every other day. It's like having your wings clipped. On the other hand, being set free of training cycles, I've taken up something I call free running. Try running with no watch, route plan, Garmin, music, podcast, or map my run to record speed and distance. Just try going out running for no set anything. Run by intuition and whim. If my tendon starts to act up, I walk. She goes on to say the point is freedom and being untethered. She says, freedom from heels and other uncomfortable shoes. After my injury, I gave myself permission to never wear heels or other uncomfortable shoes again. And I will say a huge amen here because (laughs) (laughs) I think for runners, it's really important to wear comfortable shoes in their daily life. Like running shoes. Those are the most comfortable shoes on earth, I think. Maybe except for Uggs. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) People that don't even run buy running shoes just because they're so comfortable and light. That's right. So here's a takeaway. If you're injured, set yourself free from uncomfortable shoes. It's like a gift you can give yourself. And finally, she says appreciation. Running is a privilege because it means you have health and are building your health. Um, And she goes on to say, I'll thank the running gods for giving me the privilege to walk, swim, cycle, do yoga, whatever else I come up with. Running will always be my first love. She says, thank you for the episode. I'll start really taking on my falling arch and the physical therapy for my tendon. It's time to stop denying there is a problem that I'm probably causing permanent damage to by sneaking in runs still. So I was really excited to hear back from Megan and we appreciate her original email and of course the update on how she's progressed and the things she's learned through the process of injury. All right, awesome. Well, thank you for the update. Megan, and uh, also for your original email that inspired us to put these uh, episodes together. I hope this was helpful to all of you listening out there. If we can be of more help, please reach out. We've got a contact form on our website, marathontrainingacademy.com. We also have an awesome growing team of certified running coaches, men and women who are just expert at helping you get to the next level in your running and working through injury, if that's something you're dealing with right now as well. You can learn about our coaching when you visit us, marathontrainingacademy.com. That's it for this episode. Thank you for being a listener. If you found value in this episode, please share it with a running buddy. (laughs) And thanks to everyone who's left us a uh, five-star review on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. That also helps us in the rankings. Well, you guys are awesome. You know how this podcast ends. You have what it takes to run a marathon, beat injury, and change your life. Run on my